At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. Welcome to the fourth edition of Gold Dome Scramble, a pop-up podcast from Political Breakfast. We're here every week for the duration of Georgia's 40-day legislative session to bring you some highlights and insights. I'm Lisa Ram, and with me today are WABE political reporters Emma Hurt and Emil Moffitt. Welcome to the both of you. Thanks, Lisa. Hey. Good to have you, both of you. Emma, lots of drama last week surrounding the U.S. Senate race, and and we'll get to that in a moment. But first, uh, it wasn't too much of a distraction because lawmakers really had to start digging in this week. What can we expect now? So I think the big policy story underlying all of this that will come up again this week is the budget cuts. I mean, we'll continue to hear from state agency heads as the House works to kind of line by line, go through these cuts. But we're also looking for the legislation to back up some of the governor's other priorities that he's announced. Last week, he introduced his anti-gang legislation package, which empowers prosecutors to take on more gang-related cases across jurisdictions, and it expands eligibility for the death penalty to include gang-related murders. But we've also got um, a foster care reform package and adoption reform package that we're looking for and some more hum- anti-human trafficking legislation, too. Yeah, with foster care, we expect to hear something on that this week. Um, very s- disturbing statistics in Georgia. Uh, we heard a couple of weeks ago from Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan talking about what happens uh, when young people, when they age out of foster care system at the age of 18. And let me read to you these statistics of these 700 kids a year that age out of foster care. 97% of those kids that age out will end up in chronic poverty, 97%. 71% of the girls will become pregnant within the first year. And only 11% of those kids will graduate with a high school degree or GED equivalent. Reforming our foster care system will not put a single dollar in a single person's pocket in this room, but it is absolutely the right thing for all of us to do. And there was legislation that was passed by both houses and allowed to become law without Governor Deal's signature back in 2018. It allows foster children to stay in the foster care system until uh, age 21 with certain conditions like they're enrolled in school or they're working a certain number of hours. That law is is scheduled to go into effect at the end of June of this year. Uh, So we're still waiting to hear the exact proposals on what else can be done. And adoption was in the uh, forefront as well. We had a major adoption bill pass in 2018 that was celebrated as an overhaul of the system and made the process of adopting easier in Georgia. So then what else does Governor Kemp want to do there? So he's proposed to raise the tax credit that you can receive um, when you adopt a child from $2,000 to $6,000 for families. And he also wants to drop the age that someone is eligible 
to adopt from 25 to 21. And officials say that could be uh, beneficial uh, if someone is related to the child but not yet 21 years old, but who's taking care of them and could officially adopt them. So that's just one issue, but uh, the governor has plenty of time to, to introduce new legislation since we're just four weeks in, right, Emil? Well, uh, theoretically, if a bill does not uh, either pass the House or the Senate by day 30, it's dead. Uh, today is day 10. So there are a couple of weeks left to move it through the various committees so it can get a vote. Uh, but the governor's bills usually do get a lot of attention rather quickly. So uh, we will see. I will say, though, there are always ways. They mm-hmm. can always <laughs> sneak a, a bill that sort of looked dead into a bill that's still alive. You know, these... These rules are bendable. <laughs> yeah, attach them uh, late in the game. So that's what makes uh, politics fun at the Capitol. Uh, I referred to the drama early on, and uh, you all know what I'm talking about. Last week, Representative Doug Collins came to the Capitol and a day later announced he'd enter the Senate race. And that started some drama with Governor Kemp reiterating his support for Kelly Leffler. And then, out of the blue, Reverend Raphael Warnock from Ebenezer Baptist Church said he will enter the race as well as a Democrat. So how is all the Senate race news reverberating at the Capitol? I'm sure it was the talk of the day, at least. Oh, oh, the talk of several days, I think. Let's remember that Doug Collins was pushed by some conservatives, including President Donald Trump, as the better pick for Kemp to make as an appointee to the Senate. He ended up ignoring that advice and picking Senator Leffler. And since then, the rumor is, is Doug Collins going to run? He's said to be strongly considering it. So this isn't new news, per se. And here's a clip from Collins's announcement on Fox News Wednesday morning. And we just need to have a process that lets people decide, lets them choose for themselves how they want to see this vision. I think we fought for the president, we fought for our state, and we fought for this country. Uh, and we're going to continue to do that. And I look forward to, to a good exchange of ideas and look forward to this election. He's arguing, look, voters need a choice. I want to give them a choice. They can decide. But the fact that it's official now is really stark because you've set up this tension between Collins, who's coming in and really just straight up challenging the governor's pick. And the governor is standing by Senator Leffler and says he'll continue to campaign for her. But I mean, it's going to be a fight. An interesting piece of legislation, House Bill 757, something House Speaker David Ralston has backed uh, to change the rules of the election. Uh, It was an election bill originally uh, taken over to add a provision to eliminate the so-called jungle primary, that free-for-all election that the Leffler race currently is, and add party primaries. And some saw this as a play by Ralston to give Doug Collins an advantage uh, since someone uh, he has someone with a track record of being an outspoken defender of President Trump. It could be argued he'd have an advantage in a primary among the conservatives in the state. But really, the politics of this just completely overshadowed the policy. It's actually a very bipartisan idea. Everybody in party politics agrees they'd rather have a party primary than have, you know, 10 Republicans and 10 Democrats on one ballot. Mm-hmm. So this was a bipartisan bill. But because of the lens of the Collins-Kemp tension, it was really impossible for anyone to support this without seeming to be against the governor. And so that bill has been kicked back to committee, walked back a bit. And now the secretary of state is saying, we can't do this this year. We need to have a bipartisan commission to study how we need to reform this special election jungle primary process. But doing it now is a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of politicians did argue they just don't like this free for all election idea, correct? Yeah, because it, you know, it undermines the party structures that govern our state right now and our country. So late in the, in the week, we have um, Raphael Warnock 
announcing that he, too, is going to run. So it's just adding another layer, another factor to all of this. Yeah. A reminder that this is not just a Republican race. Again, it's we've got some Democrats here, too. And Reverend Raphael Warnock is the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church, Martin Luther King Jr.'s former church. And he entered the race. It was long expected. I actually saw Senators Cory Booker and Amy Klobuchar. I, I heard them urging him to run back in November when they were in town. But, you know, within hours, he got the endorsement of Stacey Abrams. And so his his campaign has sort of come out with a bang there. So as you can hear, Emma and Emil sorting through a whole lot going on under the Gold Dome. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Support for WABE comes from Capital Good Fund, introducing Georgia Bright Solar Lease Program, a new rooftop solar initiative designed to create pathways to equitable and inclusive solar, sustainability, and monthly savings for Georgians. Learn more at georgiabright.org. Support for WABE comes from 100 Miles, a nonprofit committed to preserving Georgia's 100-mile coast. A landscape unlike any other, Georgia's coast is home to vital communities and people from all walks of life fighting to protect it. Help keep Georgia's coast flowing at OurGeorgiaCoast.org. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to the Gold Dome Scramble with Emma Hurd and Emil Moffitt. Let's talk gambling now. Are either of you gamblers? <laughs> I claim to fame as winning $9 on a slot machine in Vegas one time. I'll put in a quarter every and now and again. I catch that's, that that's out. as far as I, I go. I was like, this is the pinnacle. I'm out now. Had a very good night in Shreveport the first time I gambled on slot machines, and then it's all been it's, it's downhill, downhill for from everybody. That's right. That's who right. wins the, these things? Beginners who really luck. wins? I don't know. Well, we're, we're going to look at uh, some lawmakers who want to really bring in some money in with gambling. But what exactly are we talking about when we say gambling? Are we talking about turning downtown Atlanta into Las Vegas or starting horse races in the suburbs or or even betting online on all of our sports teams? There's a lot to, to navigate through here. Yeah. And I really think that's part of the problem is there's so much and there are different arguments for each of these forms of gambling. You know, sports betting seems to be the one that people swallow the easiest just because it's happening already online. It's just the state isn't collecting revenue on it, but it doesn't create any jobs. Meanwhile, horse racing and casino gambling have this economic development argument attached to them. It's been a a really big mix among lawmakers on this issue. There's no party positions on these things. And right now it seems to be kind of each chamber has a different opinion. Right now the state Senate Leadership has said they don't really see a path forward for this. They don't see the appetite for it. But on the House side, you know, Speaker Ralston has said, look, we've been talking about this so long. Let's just vote on it and let people vote. Because we got to remember, we're not talking about legalizing these things specifically. We're talking about a referendum which would amend the Constitution. So if lawmakers pass this, they would be flipping it and allowing us to vote on it. So it's not like they're legalizing it. It would be up to the people always a lot of confusion in the air because people really don't know what they would be voting on. Yeah, we don't know yet. And that's and that's part of the problem. So, Emil, there's a moral issue to consider here. Yeah, and you hear that from conservatives, some of them whom like the idea of raising more revenue through gambling. Others are still uh, morally opposed uh, to gambling in any form. 
And then, of course, you have the argument that, look, we already have legalized gambling in Georgia, the lottery, and it's worked out pretty well. I mean, nobody nobody hates the Hope Scholarship Program. And so once you bring that argument up, you kind of get more shrugs and confused looks than, than you had before. So, Emil, are there any interesting bills out there floating under the radar? Uh, there's one that we heard about last week. Uh, some casually call it the Stinky Farm Bill. Uh, it got that nickname because it deals with bad-smelling agriculture like hog farms. Uh, we heard from a farmer named Jody Sullivan who's been operating a hog farm for a couple of years, and he's been getting some complaints, uh, some nuisance complaints about the smell, about some dust, about other things coming from his farm. It says he's been drowning in legal bills. It's, it's really getting hard for us to, you know, to keep going. I, I don't, without saying too much, I, I don't know how long we can keep going like we're going. It's, it's been two years of, you know, just attorney fees. Uh, you know, some lawmakers sympathize with uh, Mr. Sullivan, uh, but also say they don't know how common uh, nuisance lawsuits like this are. And they worry also about uh, a new law that would potentially hurt small farmers' ability to sue bigger farms if they become a nuisance. What's the law now? The law now basically gives farmers who have been there more of a standing than people coming in to that area. And what the new bill suggests is putting new farmers and old farmers basically on the same legal ground. And so that might hurt farmers who've been there for a while, their opportunity to sue a new farm coming in. Okay. Emma, what about you? Any fun bills out there lurking? Well, fun. I don't know, but there's something interesting uh, related to daylight savings time. A bill's getting a hearing this week. And it would basically institute a, a referendum, a non-binding referendum, basically asking Georgians, do you like daylight savings time? Do you like how we switch back and forth every spring and fall? Would you rather we stuck with, you know, wintertime or summertime? Who knows? Maybe maybe we could change. And it's getting a hearing. It's getting a hearing. Yeah. But would that confuse <laughs> everybody if in, everybody on the East Coast was yeah. on Eastern time for part of the year and, and Georgia was not? Yeah, I... This is a complicated thing. I think I read like only 60% of the world's countries, though, yeah, do yeah. the switch. States like Indiana aren't, yeah. Yeah, aren't so switch, so yeah. maybe we could just, you know, join the confusion. Politicians shaking things up. Emma, Emil, thank you both. That's it for this week's Gold Dome Scramble. Don't forget, you can also catch up with our Mothership podcast, Political Breakfast. New episodes are available every Friday. change from shifts in power to a mental health crisis so with all this social change how do we balance the human desire for empathy the business need for productivity and the hope to make an impact in our community this is a new podcast the social impact leader i'm jeff Barker. join me as we explore people doing work a little different available every wednesday at wabe.org forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts wabe 
Ever wondered where to find the best dumplings in town? Curious about Atlanta's obsession with lemon pepper? Join us on Savory Stories, a new podcast as we uncover the untold tales behind Atlanta's culinary scene. From the roots of your favorite dishes to the creators that bring them to life, we're diving deep into the heart of the city's food culture. Listen to Savory Stories at wabe.org slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. W-A-B-E. 